Five FM. I hope you're well. I am Mary Mokalu, and you're listening to the Hearing by God's Word podcast, where we dream from the well of God's Word, find nourishment for our souls, and seek to live out His teachings in our daily lives. In today's episode, we will delve into the transformative work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Join us as we explore the rich tapestry of the fruit and gifts bestowed upon us by the Holy Spirit, unraveling the profound impact they have on shaping our character and empowering us on our spiritual journey. Get ready for insightful discussions and meaningful reflections on the divine influence that guides and uplifts us. The Holy Spirit's work in our lives. That's our topic for today. So we're going to look at the fruit and gifts of the Holy Spirit. There are nine types of the fruit of the Holy Spirit listed in the Bible. They reveal the divine character of the Holy Spirit and they are given to believers so that we can be fruitful as we await the Lord's return. These fruits, as we read in Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 to 24, are as follows. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. This fruit of the Holy Spirit, the nine of them, they show the manifestations of the believer's spiritual life. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 1 If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So that's one way that we bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And it's about that love. We're going to read another one. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 9. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Another one I'm going to read is Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. This is amazing. 
And this is how a believer's spiritual life should be, according to those scriptures I've just read. It just shows how you can bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit according to those scriptures. So go back and read them. The first one was 1 Corinthians chapter 13, just the whole of it. And then Ephesians chapter 5 verse 9 and then Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. And if you want to know the fruit of the Holy Spirit, you find it in the book of Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 to 24. Since the Holy Spirit is in us, the potential is there for the fruit of the Holy Spirit to come out. The fruit of love, the fruit of joy, the fruit of peace, and so on. It is all there. We just need to tap into it. The more we release our faith, the more his fruit will be evident in our lives. According to our anchor scripture actually for this podcast, Romans chapter 10 verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we can hear the word of God and let faith come in, as in let faith take root in us. Then when faith comes, the fruit of his character will become evident in our lives, all because we hear the word of God. That's how our faith will increase. It is when pressure is on that we realize our faith is taking hold and the fruit of the Holy Spirit is being produced within us. Because then you learn perseverance, that is forbearance. Then you learn to be patient. Then you learn to be kind. This is just amazing. As in, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is there for us to build our character. We also have numerous gifts of the Holy Spirit that he gives us as he wills to believers. He decides which gift each person should have. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 4 to 9. Let's look at that. And it says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. See? Keyword, for the common good, not for self-good, but for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge, by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers or working miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits or discernment of spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So this is not something you can just do by yourself. The fruit of the Holy Spirit, that is something you work out. Now the gifts, he gives them as he sees fit, as he chooses or as he so desires. He gives us those gifts. It is amazing how our God is. That he looks at each person and he sees which gift he can give to each person because he is just that wise. He is just that great. We're going to read another scripture. And that is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7 to 16. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascend mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens, in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets and the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers 
to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. There will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Christ who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So I've read the first part and those were gifts that are actually for everybody. And that was 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 4 to 11. That's for everybody who is a believer. Not everybody as in the whole world, but everybody who is a believer. The Holy Spirit can manifest himself through these gifts. Now the other lot that I've read, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17 to 16. Now those are offices and they are not for everybody. Now those ones he chooses because they are for leadership. And they are the gift to the body of Christ. They are leaderships. They are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Those ones are the offices. And those offices, not everybody can flow in those offices. God selects those ones and Christ is the head of those offices. Now these are the ones, the gifts. These ones, they manifest in every believer who is filled with the Holy Spirit. Because now this one is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit and he gives them for the common good. So it's for everyone for, to edify the body of Christ. Not just for people to feel good and say, oh, I've got the gift of healing. No. These ones are for the common good to benefit the church. And I read it this way. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 7. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines according to his will. So this is the work of the same Spirit. So the Holy Spirit gives these gifts. It's the way he manifests himself. These are dimensions of the Holy Spirit. God looks at the heart. So he cannot just give somebody prophecy and that person is actually not right in the heart. Or he cannot give anyone any gift if the heart is not in the right position with God. So the one, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. Now, the other one I read as I explained, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7 to 16 now those ones are given by jesus himself there is a difference but all for the same goal to work for the kingdom to bring kingdom advancement here on earth so ephesians chapter 4 verse 
7 to 16. But to each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it, as Christ has given it. This is why it says when he ascended on high, he took many gifts and gave gifts to his people. So we got the gifts of the Holy Spirit and we got gifts that Jesus gives. When we say Jesus is the one who gives these gifts, these are gifts of leadership. These are gifts of authority. These are governmental gifts. And they are also territorial gifts. So these gifts are the gifts that Christ gives. And it says in verse 11, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to do what? To equip his people for works of service. So these are like the ones he has given in leadership. So it is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and now The apostles come in, the prophets come in, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers so that they can equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Those are the leadership we have in the body of Christ. And Jesus is the one who gives this. And it is not just for them to feel good that I'm a leader in church. It is to equip the body of Christ so that people can come to maturity, so that they can grow from babies who are drinking milk to eating meat to consuming deep stuff. Okay? So they are to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. See? Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful schemes, now the wolves. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Christ who is the head that is Christ. For him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Remember how we read that if you can prophesy, you can do miracles, you can do great things, and if you have no love, then you have nothing? That's what this scripture is talking about here. Grows and builds itself up in love. It has to be in love because all this work, if you have no love for each other, then what are you doing? We're wasting time. So we have to love ourselves, we have to love each other, and most of all, that's the first one, we have to love God above everything. Then we'll be able to flow in what he has given us. The giver of these gifts is God. The provider is Jesus. The administrator is the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. I'll repeat that again. The giver of these gifts is God. Remember, he's the one who gives all gifts. With no shadow of turning. Yes, so he's the giver of these gifts. The provider is Jesus. And the administrator is the Holy Spirit. He's the one who helps us to execute it. He speaks to us and he shows us, okay, here you need to go this way. By giving us words of wisdom and knowledge. Therefore, the gifts are holy. They are not for us to satisfy our egos. They're not for us to feel important. They're not for us to take advantage of others. 
but they, because they are holy, we need to take care of them. They carry the essence of God and his glory. We have to be very careful with these gifts. We have to use them wisely. We have to lean on the Holy Spirit to teach us how to actually manifest these gifts in the right way according to the will of God. These gifts complement the fruit of the Holy Spirit and they are to edify the body of Christ, not to be used selfishly. Romans chapter 12 verse 3 to 8 For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these bodies do not have all the same function, so in Christ we, so many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts, according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. We have to stay on track so we cannot use them selfishly. We have to humble ourselves. These gifts, they show the divine ability of God in our lives and they are to be used faithfully with the help of the Holy Spirit until the Lord returns. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 4 to 7 I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge. God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. Believers are not lacking. So these gifts, they show the ability of God in our lives and they are to be used faithfully with the help of the Holy Spirit until the Lord returns. These gifts are to glorify Jesus, not man, as we normally see nowadays. That when somebody is an apostle or a prophet or either one of those gifts, they, people glorify them, people honor them, that their word is the final one. The word of man is never final. The word of God is the one that's final. We have to always rely on God. We have to always rely on the Holy Spirit. It does not matter who is speaking, who, which apostle is speaking, even me. Whatever I'm speaking to you right now, go search it out in scripture and make sure that whatever I'm saying, it is in line with the word of God. Because if you do not do that and you just take what you are given and you don't, you never even search the word. As I'm reading these scriptures, also open the Bible and read it for yourself. It's not like you're doubting what I'm saying, but you're also, you're just confirming what I'm saying is the right thing. I try my best to speak what God has told me to speak. And I pray that God continues to use me to speak unto you who is listening to me. And I pray that you will have your eyes enlightened. That when you hear the word of God, it will resonate with you and you will search it out in scripture. That word that is being read is actually scriptural. Because many out there are giving things, are talking about things, are talking about God, are, are doing crazy things that are not in line with the word of God. And that is wickedness. People need to rise up, people need to wake up and not be deceived by people who are standing in authority. I'm not saying everybody in authority is false, no, but there are false people out there 
and they are speaking things, they are training people, they are teaching people things that are not scriptural, that are not in the word. And it is a lie of the enemy and many people are being deceived. You need to wake up as the listener of any word of God. You need to wake up, you need to read the Bible for yourself, for your own sake, so that you will not be deceived by any lying tongue that may be speaking out there. John chapter 16 verse 13 to 15. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, that is Jesus, the me is Jesus. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I say the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. So can you imagine if Jesus himself is talking about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit will only speak what is given to him by Jesus. So then what gives right to anyone to speak something that they have not been given by Jesus? If the Holy Spirit himself cannot do anything without the leadership of Jesus Christ. So we have to be very careful that when we listen to preaching, that we have to make sure that whatever we have listened to, that we are also having our Bibles next to us. As the preacher is preaching, you're also opening the Bible and searching and reading the same time the preacher is speaking, that you read that word and make sure what is being said is the right thing. You need to be in tune with the Holy Spirit to a point that you will be able to discern spirits and know that this spirit is of Antichrist and this spirit is of God. You need to be able to distinguish between spirits one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, distinguishing of spirits. I pray that God will give you the gift of distinguishing spirits so that you will not be deceived in these end times. So the gifts are not to glorify man, but to glorify Jesus. So it comes from God Jesus, Holy Spirit, or any leader who is speaking to you, that way, that's how the gifts flow. Anyone, or even you yourself, as you're preaching to somebody else, it's the same way, it's the same hierarchy of information. That's how the source, God gives it. No other way. Any other source that gives you a message that is not in that line, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, and now the vessel, any other source, then that source is false. You need to be careful. Gifts are temporary and they have to be used with love. And other graces are eternal. That is faith, hope, and love. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, it says, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And we have to use them with love. The gifts give us power beyond natural human ability because it is God at work in us through his Holy Spirit. That's why they are called grace. By grace, I can do things that I as Mary cannot do. We can do exploits by grace, by the grace of God. We can do exploits by his strength. We can do all things. His strength, as in it is always him. He is the source. Through him, we can do great things. You are given power beyond natural human ability. How do you explain raising a dead person back to life? That is beyond human natural ability. Or how do you explain healing somebody's disease? Nobody can do that. No human being can. And nobody should lie to you that they healed someone. It is God who healed somebody through that vessel. It is always God using us 
to do something. It is never the way around. People use, I know it's just how we speak. I say, oh, that man healed me. They never healed anyone. Jesus healed through that man or through that woman. So we have to be careful even in, with our words. We have to be conscious of what we speak. We have to be intentional. Our words have to be intentional. We just don't speak anyhow. And so it's a figurative manner of speech. It is not. We have to be conscious because God is very intentional. We have also to be very intentional because we imitate God. Jesus manifested fully both the divine character and divine ability of God. If he had portrayed God's character without ability, he could not have healed the sick and freed the oppressed that came to him in masses. Wow. If he had portrayed God's character without ability, he could not have healed the sick and freed the oppressed that came to him in masses. So, having manifested fully both the divine character and divine ability of God, that requires submission to God, submission to his will. There's no way you can have a divine character, manifest a divine character and divine ability of God if you're not submitted to God. How are we even going to do that? It's divine. It's not human. So there is a need for submission to God so that we can manifest divine power, divine character, divine ability of God. See, of God, not of man, because it's divine. It's just amazing. These are God, how he operates in us and through us. It is never our own strength around past scripture says that it is not by power it is not by might but it is by the spirit of god that anything can be done as i was explaining how to manifest both divine character and divine ability this scripture came to my spirit john chapter 15 verse 4 let's read that abide in me and i in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. This is Jesus. You are the branches. We are. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire. And they are burned. This is what will happen to those who do not abide in Christ. And they try to do things without abiding in him. This is their destination. They will be cast out as a branch and they will be withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Now verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my father is glorified. That you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. As in, abide in my love. Then you'll be able to bear much fruit. There is one thing that kept repeating itself. The greatest of them is love. Ha! That you can have all the other gifts, but if you do not have love, then it is all useless. And then here he says, abide in me and I in you. Then you will bear much fruit. And then here, verse 9, it says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. So love is the ingredient in all this. The Holy Spirit work in our lives. 
requires us to love God above all else so that we can submit ourselves to him. And when we submit, that is now when we start abiding in him. We have fellowship with him. We have koinonia with him. And when we have that, then we are able to express the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in every aspect of our lives. In everywhere we go, whoever we speak to, people's lives start changing because we have love that is flowing out from us through the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and through us to the other vessel. It is important for us to have that key ingredient, love. Because if we do not have love, then we are wasting time. There is no way you can help somebody. You can be patient with someone or you can be kind to someone if there is no love involved. Because then you will not feel the urge to actually go an extra mile for that person. But when you have love, you will do anything. You will not even feel tired. You will do anything to make sure that that person's life is transformed. And that's why the gifts are for the common good because we are supposed to love each other as we love ourselves. Then when we do that, then we are able to manifest. We are able to flow in these gifts, manifest the gifts of the Holy Spirit, bear the fruit, much fruit, not just little, much fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. And the only way we have to be in him, abide in him, as in abiding is living in him. He in us and we in him. So if God the Father has loved Jesus and Jesus has loved us, now he wants us to also abide in that love and love others so that we can flow. Always like that. He loved us so much that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He loved us so much that even with that love, as Jesus died, then we become new creation. And when we become new creation, we are baptized in the Holy Ghost. As I have spoken about that in the previous episode, that we are baptized with the Holy Ghost when we become children of God, when we become the sons of God, when we become co-heirs with Christ. When we have the seal of the Holy Spirit that we are children of God, then we are able to now become like him. We are able now to flow like him, have the full manifestation of the Holy Spirit flowing through us. Hey, thank you, Jesus. Father, we bless you. We give you honor. We give you praise. May you help us to bear much fruit. May you help us to submit ourselves to you, to have koinonia with you. We can know what is in your heart so that we can know what is in your mind. We can know what is in your will, O God. Help us, Lord, we ask that you will help us to bear much fruit, that you will help us to flow in love in whatever we do, that love shall be the main thing that is driving us to do things for the next person in the name of Jesus. So I've got questions here about what we just studied. And they actually too in some several scriptures we're going to read. What is my responsibility with the gifts or gift in me? First Timothy chapter four, verse 14. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. That's impartation. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So you're told, do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy. So whatever gift you are being given, do not neglect it. You have to take care of it. 
you have to grow in it. So if it is prophecy, submit yourself to the Holy Spirit and also ask the Holy Spirit to connect you with mentors who also have the same grace, who have gone ahead of you so that they can mentor you so that you can grow. And when they guide you as a mentor, then you're going to grow. And then search out in the word of God. Read the word of God. We have so many examples. We have so many, many, many teachings in the word of God that can help you grow in your gifting. So you should never ever neglect it. That's one responsibility. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 6 to 7. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame. The gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Impartation again. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So Paul is talking to Timothy again to remind him to find into flame the gift of God. As in it shall never burn out. It shall continue flowing. It shall never be dull. It shall continue shining. That fire that you started with, when you started with the Spirit, continue with the Spirit. That fire shall never be quenched. The fire that is in you, it shall continue flowing. And that comes through prayer. That comes through the reading, meditating on that word, and submitting yourself to the Holy Spirit. Then your gift will continue and it is submitting yourself wholly. You're obeying whatever he gives you. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10 to 11. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. That is our responsibility. We should use our gifts to serve others, not feel important. Remember, it is not for man's glory, but for the glory of Jesus. Now, question number two. What is the purpose of the spiritual gifts? All right. We established one of them is that it's for the common good. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4 to 6. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. But the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. Now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will I be to you unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or word of instruction? So remember the way I just said that the gifts of God, the spiritual gifts of God, they are for the common good. So Paul is trying to, is telling us here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4 to 6, that when you speak in a tongue, you should interpret that tongue. If you cannot interpret it, just keep quiet. And he says, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy because then when somebody prophesies, they speak in a language that everyone can understand. It's not a spiritual language. It's not speaking in tongues. So for the common good, what is going to benefit everyone? That's how it's supposed to be. If it is preaching, preach in a way that everybody is going to understand. If it is speaking a word of knowledge or whatever it is that God has given you, 
explain it in a way that everybody is going to understand so that you can all flow so that you can all flow with what god is saying in that moment or in that season so it is for the common good you have to think of corporate we can speak in tongues by yourself because you are edifying your spirit but in public you are not edifying anybody nobody understands that unless you interpret what you just spoke all right and then we continue again in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 12. So it is with you since you are eager for gifts of the spirit try to excel in those that build up the church. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, prophecy, healing, interpreting tongues. They benefit the church. They will build the church. Not the ones that are personal. These gifts we have personal ones and we have the ones that are corporate. So you have to be wise. You have to have the spirit of wisdom at work in your life so that you can be able to know which one you're going to flow in because you can actually control and that's why in the fruit of the Holy Spirit there is one that says self-control because the spirit of God is of liberty. So he gives you liberty on how you're going to present whatever he has given you. So he gives you information. Now it is up to you with the wisdom of God to actually manifest and flow. So you can decide okay I'm going to just go speaking tongues but then interpret them. But then that's also another gift, interpreting of tongues. If you can interpret them, well and good. If not, don't use that one. Now prophesy. Speak it in a word that everybody can benefit. So it says, since you are eager for gifts of the spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. Not yourself, but build up the church because they are for the common good. Let's look at verse 13. For this reason the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret what they say. I'm not saying don't use speaking in tongues, but as the same spirit who gave you that speaking in tongues to help you interpret your tongues so that people can be edified. For if I pray in a tongue my spirit prays but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? If I pray with my spirit but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit but I will also sing with my understanding. Otherwise when you are praising God in the spirit how can someone else who is now put in the position of an inquirer say amen to your thanksgiving since they do not know what you are saying? You're giving thanks well enough, but no one else is edified. But I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. But in chat, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. We're going to go all the way to verse 22. Tongues then are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy however is not for unbelievers but for believers. So if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues and inquirers or unbelievers come in, will they not say that you are out of your mind? 24. But if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all. Verse 26. What then shall we say brothers when you come together each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction a revelation or a tongue or an interpretation everything must be done so that the church may be built up if anyone speaks in a tongue two or at the most three should speak one at a time as in order and someone must interpret 
If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. Again, two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is said. That's what I was talking about. I'm speaking to you. You should weigh what I'm saying. Am I speaking according to the word of God or am I telling you things that are not in line with the word of God? Weigh what is said. Verse 30, and if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. That's our saying, you can control what you speak. Because the Holy Spirit gives you the word, you can control it. Any spirit that tells you, oh, I could not control it, that is a demonic spirit at work. Because the spirit of control is demonic. But the spirit of God is of liberty. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So here we've been told that the spirits of prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. So you're given a message, you choose when to give that message. But wisdom demands that that message should be given at the right time so that it can be effective. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. Praise God. This is awesome. I love this. Romans chapter 12 verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So the purpose of the gifts is to build the body of Christ, build everyone, build the church, edify everyone. It is for the common good. And according to Romans chapter 12 verse 3, it is supposed to be in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each one of you. So if it is prophesying, if it is healing, if it is teaching the word, if it is interpreting, it should be within your scope of grace. In my area of work, we work according to our scope of practice. You just cannot go outside that scope because then you do something you're not trained for. You do something you're not competent in. It's the same thing with the things of God. You have to do things that you are graced in. Not anything you're not graced in. Things that you have been given authority in. Things God has given you authority to command. Then you just speak of those. You just manifest those. You don't go outside the scope of grace God has given you. It has to be according to the faith given to each one of you. Because the minute you start doing something that you have not been graced to do, then you are not doing it according to the will of God. You are sending yourself. God is no longer the source. Pride has come in and that's why you are operating that way. Then the source can be anything. It can be you, it can be the devil and it is very dangerous to operate that way. That's why we have to submit ourselves to the leadership of God, the leadership of the Holy Spirit. We have been told that the Holy Spirit has been sent to us to teach us all truth. And this all truth is about Jesus Christ, not other truth, the truth about Jesus Christ. So we have to submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit and speak according to the faith we have been given, according to the grace we have been given, not outside that. It's very, very, very specific. And we have to follow the guidelines. We have to follow the rules. There are rules. Because God is a God of order. He cannot have you graced in prophecy and you're out there doing something totally different. Or he has graced you in just being a teacher and you're doing something totally different 
outside the teaching you're supposed to be teaching. Unless he has given you different graces, then you can operate that way. But if he has given you a specific thing, just stay there, mind your own business. Just do the main thing that he has given you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I bless you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Thank you for the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the nine of them. Thank you for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Oh Lord, I bless you because you are God. I thank you, Lord, because even as you have loved us, you are also asking us and you're teaching us how to love others so that we can flow in your will, oh God, so that we can be in line with your will on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we give you honor. I pray that everyone listening to me, oh God, you will give them understanding of what I had just taught. It's a lot. It's more than I, I could have explained in this a few minutes that I have spoken. But Lord Almighty, I ask that you will speak to them. Holy Ghost, teach them all truth. Explain to them in a deeper way that they will come to know this truth that I was teaching about. How you work in our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father God, may you help us to be obedient to you. May you help us to submit ourselves to you. May you help us to continue growing in the word of God. That we hear and hear by the word of God. So Lord Almighty, have your way in us, have your way in our hearts, have your way in our minds, in the name of Jesus. May we be one with you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you, O King of Kings. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. This is exciting. To talk about the Holy Spirit is just one of the best things I like talking about, actually. He's amazing and he it just reminds us that we are not alone. We have a helper, we have a teacher, we have an advocate who is there for us every time, every day. Every time we need him, we can just reach out. He is there speaking to us, guiding us so that we do not go astray. It is such a comfort, it's such an assurance that we know we are not alone. We can overcome so many things because the Holy Spirit is there to guide us, is there to strengthen us, is there to encourage us. And this is just amazing. As we conclude this episode about the Holy Spirit's work in our lives, may the insights shared about the Holy Spirit's fruit and gifts resonate in your heart and inspire a deeper connection with the divine. May you walk away with a renewed sense of purpose, embracing the transformative power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Thank you for joining us on this spiritual exploration. Until next time, may you experience the abundant blessings that flow from the ever-present guidance of the Holy Spirit. Stay tuned, stay blessed, Shalom. Shalom.